It is Car Con Carne, uh, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is my Mazda 3. This week, the show is in Algonquin, Illinois, home of the Texan. And uh, in the back seat, soon to be in the front seat, is Smoking Pope's frontman, Josh Caterer. Hi, James. We are cracking the seal on something big today. You brought a guitar into the car. This is the first ever Car Con Carne backseat performance. Here's the catch. You didn't prepare anything. Well, I have a, a wealth of music at my fingertips. So I can just shout out requests? Yeah, I mean, should I just start with, just play the hits? <laughs> sure. Play the hits. <laughs> play the hits. If I could see Would I know just where to start? Cause I'm lost and I need to be found. As crazy as it sounds, I need you. stand to be on my own then I would probably just leave you alone but I'm gonna feel this way till I'm six feet underground crazy as it Tossing and turning, baby My love keeps on burning me down If I could change One thing in this world I'd change your mind And make you my girl I'm lost and I need to be found crazy as it sounds oh I need you around I need you around I need you scarcely believe that just happened in my car <laughs> and see i wasn't going to ask you to play need you around i figured you, you probably are tired of playing that 20 plus years later not so much no i you know you you get to a point where you're, uh, whether or not you're sick of the song is like a moot point you're giving the people what they want <laughs> yeah it's uh you know it, it's if what you you know maybe you're you're sick of it like the sixth time you've played it right so after that it's just you, you've come to terms with it yeah after 
400 times. It's like, are you sick of breathing? Probably we've got this car thing figured out. We can you're in the back seat, but we can do an eye to eye interview because you're yeah. in the rear view mirror. This is a new frontier. <laughs> yep. So you'll you'll just play anything I shout out. Uh, can you play Foreigner? Foreigner. Cold as ice. I've never tried to play cold as ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. It's really more of a piano song. I don't know if it really translates. True. You want paradise, but someday you'll pay the price. I know. I've seen it before. It happens all the time. You're closing the door. You leave the world behind. You're digging for gold. You're throwing away a fortune in Felix, but someday you'll pay. That's really all I know. That was fantastic. Well, you, you want to give like me? I can play, you know, a, a fifth of any classic rock song that you. That's throw all I need. All I need is the hook. Hey, you want to go a little like old school rockabilly? You want to hit me with like some Carl Perkins or some uh... Carl Perkins. Didn't he write Blue Suede Shoes? And Honey Don't. Honey Don't. I, mean, I was thinking something Sun Records would work for you. I mean, Johnny okay. Cash would certainly be fine. Johnny Cash. His version of... Uh, man, I've got like 40 Johnny Cash songs running through my mind. There's a song called Thanks A Lot, which is... I love it, but I can't... Okay, no. You got something. No, I got something. What about give give my love to Rose? That works. But what key? Um, I found him by the railroad tracks this morning. I could see that he was nearly dead. I knelt down beside him and I listened. Just to hear the words the dying fellow said He said they let me out of prison out in Frisco For ten long years I paid for what I've done I was trying to get back to Louisiana just to see my rose and get to know my son. Give my love to Rose, please, won't you, mister? Take her all my money, tell her buy some pretty clothes. Tell my boy that daddy's so proud of him. Don't forget to give my love to Rose. How's that? Instant request. That was amazing. All right, uh, let's do one more. Let's do. Hey, Josh, let's. Why don't you do one more song, and then we'll go in and get some barbecue. Uh, you should do a Pope song. Uh, can I periscope this? Would you be offended if I did that? I would not. You could say no. All I right. would not be offended. We could try that. I don't that. really understand periscope personally it's just live video streaming here's yeah but here's what happens is that some of the people i follow on twitter 
they'll tweet like, okay, I'm doing this cool thing on Periscope. Check it out. So I got the Periscope app. But then whenever I click on it, I, I missed it. And, like, it's gone. It lives for a day. So, <laughs> it like, Periscope, to me, it's just this, uh, this constant nagging reminder of my own uh, procrastination. Like, that, the fact that I don't do things in a timely manner. Uh, Periscope does nothing but to sort of rub my nose in that by, like... <laughs> telling me that there were these awesome things that happened that I didn't respond to quickly enough. All right, well, let's try this. We're periscoping now. Josh Caterer in the backseat of the Mazda 3 for Car Con Carne. Can I, play, uh, can I play a Jackson Mudd song? Sure. Will you also do a Smoking Pope song? Sure. Do you have one in mind? Uh, you know, I, I've always been stuck on Destination Failure. That's one of my favorite albums ever. Anything off that, whether it's Before I'm Gone, Megan, I Know You Love Me. I mean, I love all those songs. Okay. You Spoke um, to Me. You Spoke to Me? I could do You Spoke to Me. That'd be amazing. Okay. And we're periscoping this right now? We are periscoping this right now. Oh, man. So smile. Hello, periscopians. <laughs> this is a song called You Spoke to Me by the magical band, the Smoking Popes. Yeah. fantastic all right so let's uh have you do one more let's do jackson mud explain jackson mud okay jackson mud is uh, a relatively new band we just started up earlier this year 
Um, and it's a blues band. I've always uh, loved the blues and kind of toyed around with it, but I never, uh, you know, have been officially in a blues band. It's always been something that we kind of played on the side, like during rehearsals and stuff, just to warm up. But earlier this year, like January, February this year, I just sort of, I, I got, <clears throat> you know, the muse will just take you. Indeed. Wherever it, wherever it will. And I found myself writing up a batch of, of blues songs and then feeling compelled to uh, record them and, and, and kind of play out, play out some blues shows. And so um, this is one of the songs that I wrote um, that w we ended up recording. Most of the songs that we recorded are like full band blues jam kind of, you know, we have this, uh, got some really good players in the band. Um, but this one we just recorded as a, as a, uh, just a, acoustic guitar and voice. Um, and we put it out on this, this EP called Downtime Blues. And Wait, what's the song? The song is called, I Just Don't Care No More. Okay. And it's a key ingredient of blues. It has to have double negatives. <laughs> Here we go. Josh Caterer, <laughs> Josh Caterer in the backseat of my car, uh, performing a Jackson Mud song. That is just that is gorgeous. That sounds great. Thank you. Well done. Now um, going back to the Smoking Popes. I've never played that one in a car before. You know, it's so interesting. Back in the day, Josh, um, you and I would 
meet at a radio station and I'd be behind a radio station console and you'd come in and we'd talk on the radio. Maybe you'd perform. These days we're meeting in the suburbs in a parking lot and uh, I'm throwing you in the back seat. It's less of a, less of a statement about you as it is about me. Uh, but that's that's the state of things right now. I, I think it's we're, we're both in the same boat. It's like, you know, where if if back then someone had told us, you know, 15 years from now. You'll be sitting in a Mazda 3 in the parking lot of the Texan <laughs> with a couple of microphones, you know, dangling from the from But the here's roof the thing. The this is super fun. It's fun. It would have sounded awful 15 years ago if you told me this, but this is super fun. Right. Well, I always have fun when I get together with you. Yeah. Oh, we have a blast. I've never, I've never once hung out with you and regretted it. You're so kind, and I feel the same way. Uh, although your brothers are still nowhere to be found, there would be no room for them right now. Yeah, my, uh, you yeah. know, my kids, who usually like are like, Dad, can we come? Can we watch? And if it was like happening, you know, in a radio studio, I would say, Yeah, yeah, come on, it'll be come great. <laughs> like, no, it just wouldn't be logistically possible. So, did you tell Matt and Eli what you're doing tonight? I know. <laughs> when they hear about this, what will they say? Uh, well, they'll be jealous because I got to hang out with James and oh, Russell on, and, and eat barbecue. And eat we barbecue. haven't even gotten to the food yet. No, the best is yet to come. That's fantastic. All right, so this podcast will live on the web for however long it lives on the web. But if you do get to hear this at the beginning of December 2015, we should plug the fact that the Popes have a show. We do. We're playing at the Cubby Bear December 18th. And it's a big show, right? AM Taxi's playing. AM Taxi Show Off is on the bill. Yeah. It's a big night. It's a big night, and it's also it's a record release show for us. Oh, the the live album. Yeah, there's there's a live album that uh, is from a show that we played in 1998 at Metro, and it was released originally on Double uh, Zero Records years back. And uh, it's been out of print, you know, for a long time. And it was it, it was kind of eclipsed by a couple of other live uh, records that we did, the, the, the reunion show and then the uh, Lollapalooza show. And those are sort of the our more uh, well-known live albums. But th- this one kind of fell by the wayside. But it's it's a spirited performance from the first uh, leg of our career, you know, because those other live albums are like, after we got back together. Yeah, it's a solid document of who this, you were. Yeah, this is a document of the early popes after we'd been just touring for a few years and we were sort of on our game and figured out what our live sound was. And and uh, anyway, that's the, the name of the album is uh, Smoking Popes Live in 98. It was recorded at Metro in Chicago. And it's being re-released on that date. And so everybody who comes to the show, if you buy a ticket to the show, your ticket price includes a free copy of the CD. That's so you awesome. come to the show, you get a CD. That's fantastic. All right, so we should have you put your guitar back in its case okay. in the car. We're going to rearrange some microphones. We're going to get some food, and let's uh, eat and talk some more. I would love to. All right, so here we are at the Texan in Algonquin, Yeah. Uh, which is a lovely town. I, I've never really been to Algonquin. Well, I, I grew up near here. In I Well, okay. Grew up in Carpentersville which relates to the song that I sung for you in the back seat. Yeah. But Carpentersville is, you know, just kind of a little bit south of here. Um, kind of a neighboring community to here. But then, um, 
In the summer between my 8th and ninth grade year of school, we moved to Lake in the Hills, which is about five minutes in that direction. So um, for my, all through high school and for a few years after that, uh, you know, I lived really close to this restaurant. And so we would come here. Yeah, I mean, you picked this. You said On a very regular basis. You've been saying for a while, I've got a place we should go. Yeah. And here we are. Do people call... Right, but this, I want you to know, James, this is not like a sacred cow to me. If you eat this food... If there was a sacred cow here, we'd smoke it and eat it. <laughs> right. But if, but if you don't like your dining experience here, it's, it's, I'm not going to be offended if you say this is not good food. It's just like... Uh, You'll be you'll be tearing apart my childhood, which I wouldn't dream of doing. All right, so what do we order here? Um, you got hush puppies, which smell really good. Yeah, they're and really good. It should be noted you brought your own flatware or your own plates. My own plate. <laughs> well, my wife, she, you know, this was her uh, loving gesture toward me. I told her that I was doing this, and she said, "Well, you're gonna have fun." I know how much you love hanging out with James. Oh. So um, I said, yeah, it's going to be fun, although it can be a little tricky to uh, eat barbecue in a compact car. <laughs> so well, that looks good. You got the pulled pork. So she said, well, here, take this tray. Although I don't know if that's cheating. Is this like part of the ethos no. of your program? No, there's no ethos. Is the, is the difficulty that there is in like finding out where to put your food? Listen, anything I can do to make this experience easier, I'm all for. I've got a giant microphone you jutting out a from a steering car. wheel. How about that? But it's so funny. We're in there ordering at the Texan, and Josh bone. is looking over the menu. He's thinking about the ribs, and I'm thinking, Josh, how cocky are you, Mister? Oh, I just played a few songs in the back seat of the car. I could do anything in here. You can't eat ribs in a Mazda three. If this was a Lincoln Continental, yeah, fair you get the ribs. Fair enough. But you, you were like drunk with power. Oh, yeah, I'm going to order the ribs. No problem <laughs> at all. Rack. <laughs> That's right. Smoke them right there in the Mazda. All right, so you got pulled pork and hush puppies. Uh-huh. You got the upsell on the hush puppies. I got it all laid out here on my beautiful tray, thanks I... to Steph Caterer. <laughs> you look very organized, very put together. Mm -hmm. No surprise. Uh, I've got the, the sausage... Which uh, looks good. Smoked sausage covered with some onions. little, like, Hawaiian roll on the side. Got some baked beans. Looks very barbecue-y. Is that a roll, or is that actually, like, a hamburger bun? I think it's like a Hawaiian roll, like a little, like a tiny bun. Oh, yeah, so you can make your own sandwich out of that. Yeah, it's a build-your-own. Okay. We now, got... they, they've given me uh, a two open-face halves of the sandwich that are prepared in such a way that I... I'm not sure if I'm supposed to smash them together. Uh, take your cutlery. There's enough meat on either side of it to constitute. No, one don't eat, don't mash that together. Don't okay. be a hero. I think <laughs> okay. I think that is open face for a reason. Okay, all right. I'll and just, we got green rivers. I'll, I'll play the hand I've been dealt. <laughs> That's right. Got green rivers. Always a favorite with barbecue. Yeah. Good call. By the way, it took forever and a day to get out here. You realize that? I came here from the Loop in Chicago. How long was your commute? Two plus hours. Oh, my uh -huh. goodness. Well, we should have got dessert then to make it worth your while. I mean, two hours. I came all the There's way There's from... no meal that can live up to having to drive two hours to mm. get it. 
I came all the way from Chicago's Loop to eat with you tonight, and it was worth it. <laughs> I don't know if you actually saved my life, Josh. But I changed it. <laughs> Might have changed it for the worse, but I changed it. Can we just talk in Smoking Pope's lyrics all night? Sure. It's winter. This world is freezing cold. <laughs> James, I, I long for you to hold me in your arms. You know, Josh, today is a day of great fortune for me. You might say. <laughs> Never mind. That settles it. You're not the one that I actually wrote that song about, though. I was, Dang it. I want to go on the record. Lest any of our fans get the wrong idea. Uh, the pork is good. It's The tricky thing with... Or the sausage, I mean. The tricky thing with sausage, it's hard for some places to make it not taste just like a big hot dog. Mm-hmm. Kind of tastes like a big hot dog. A big yummy hot dog. <laughs> okay. But then, and then you got some grilled onions on there. Uh, Are you going to eat those? Yeah, I'll eat them. Mix it up. We walked back out to the car after ordering and after Josh had played. The windows of my Mazda 3 completely fogged over. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I, I drove out here. It was starting to rain. So I have to have the defrost on in my car. I could not get the temperature of my car correct. So I was sweating because I had to have the heat on to defog the windows. But it, I, it just, it, it was uncomfortable. Fortunately, traffic was so bad I was able to, at a dead stop on 290, take my coat off. Yeah, then you, you don't know whether you should have your coat on. You're dealing with wardrobe issues. Like right now, I've got the heat on. I should turn it off, right? You should turn it off. I'm very I feel like warm. turning on the AC. But then it's going to be foggy and people will talk. Right, but... Let them talk. There's no one else in the uh, parking lot right now. Yeah, true enough. I think the guy who, when I was playing the songs earlier, that guy was a little suspicious of what oh, the guy was, in the car. What yeah. was happening in here. <laughs> Walked by and thought, hey, <laughs> he was sort of... that driver kidnapped a smoking pig. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forcing him to play. It's like, uh, I think what's going on in there is you have a... Smoking Pope's impersonator, mm-hmm. and then a guy who kind of looks like that DJ. That's right. In the front seat. Smoking Pope's impersonators are huge out by Fox mm-hmm. Lake. If you go up and down Fox Lake. Yep. I would someday like to be able to tell the story that I entered at like a Smoking Pope's impersonator competition and came in third (laughs) (laughs) so when did you first start playing guitar are you self-taught did you take lessons Uh, my brother Matt taught me a few chords when we started out he was taking guitar lessons and I was taking bass lessons and why bass just out of curiosity because he starts on guitar and then he says Hey man, you should start playing the bass, and uh, so we can have a band, you know. But like, so, but the guitar was already taken, right? So I was like, right, you had a bass, you know. So we were both taking lessons from this the same guy, uh, from around here, a guy named Bruce Waters. Bruce Waters, who I, who I think still gives lessons in Dundee. Um. So we would go back to back, and Matt would have a, a half-hour guitar lesson, and I would go in and 
do my bass lesson. And actually, it was really helpful, I found, um, to start out on bass, you know, because I, I, you know, you're just playing scales. Like, I didn't start out learning any chords. So by the time I started playing guitar, I had been just doing scales on the bass for a couple years. And that gave me a foundation to do solos. Because when you, you know, if you want to do solos, you've got to know all those like pentatonic right. scale and things like that. And I knew that, I, like, cause sometimes, you know, people will start playing guitar and they'll learn a few chords and they'll be like, oh, that's, I know enough to get started. And then they'll just jump into a band, but they can't really, they can't do solos yet. I would imagine it would be hard to feel confident if you, if you don't have that kind of well-roundedness. Uh, yeah, well, I think the, a lot of people then will just make up for a lack of confidence by playing faster and louder. That's what punk music is. Yeah, and swagger. People who can't play solos trying to make up for it <laughs> by playing faster and louder. When did you... As a young as a young Josh caterer, get hooked by, hooked by punk. Was it Iggy Pop? Was it? Um, we had this uh this cousin named Brian who came, and this was probably I think this happened when I was eleven years old. And at that point, I was into like my favorite band was AC/DC. And uh, I was in ACDC and KISS. Those were the big ones. Thin Lizzy, Judas Priest. So, like, that kind of, like, rock and roll stuff. I should have asked you to do an ACDC song. Oh. Well, you'll have to have me on the program again. <laughs> I will. And so we were into all that kind of stuff. Plus, like, you know, our dad's record collection, which was, like, a lot of blues stuff and... Uh, like older rock, like the Beatles and the Who and the Stones, and, and and so we got all that from him. Then our our cousin Brian came and stayed with us for a few days, and he was from, he lived in Washington State, and so we never ever saw him. In fact, that's the only time, the only time he ever came and visited us, uh, was this one like two or three day period they came and stayed over, and he brought with him this stack of albums. Vinyl LPs, like mm-hmm. a like a big st- like you know, like twenty uh, LPs, and my brother Matt, I think he he must have paid him for these albums because when when our cousin Brian left, uh, the stack of albums stayed. I don't know if if I should ask him that. If he if, cut a deal. If, if he if he cut a deal with him, or if if our cousin was just like here, take them. Uh, but I can't believe that he would do that. Um, because in, in that stack was, uh, like, it was like a library of punk music up to the, up to that point. And this was, uh, I don't know, this was like in the early eighties. This was probably like 1984 is the year that this happened. So So you're a kid. I was a kid. Yeah. I was like 11 years old. And so, um. So, but in this stack of albums was uh, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. There was uh, the Buzzcocks, Singles Going Steady. Sure. There was um, the Dead Kennedys, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. There was uh, Circle Jerks, A Golden Shower of Hits. 
There was a black flag damaged. So it's a total punk rock starter kit. <laughs> yeah, it was a punk rock starter kit. Um, uh, Iggy and the Stooges, Raw Power was in there. There was an album by Crass that was like, you know, Crass, like it was this big, like, fold out. It was like this big black and white Xeroxed piece of paper that had been folded into a <laughs> into this makeshift album cover with all this crazy... We could never... I mean, we loved some of that, but... That was very strange to us. Crass. Um, and so we just sort of listened our way... Th- oh, oh, and I, I can't forget to, to mention this. One of the albums in that stack was The Undertones, uh, an album called Hypnotized. And that album had a profound impact. That was that was one of our favorites. And that, that's one of those ones that kind of... Even within the stack, it kind of like uh, took the 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 grittier, more guttural punk sounds of like Black Flag and the, the Sex Pistols, and connected it to the pop sensibilities of you know the Beatles and you know the stuff in my dad's record collection. And um, can you the, hear the rain, by the way? Yes. I'm so glad you played guitar earlier, so we didn't have to bring it out in this. Well, I'm, I could maybe do a rainy song, you know. All right, so sorry. <laughs> so by Captain and Tennille. And with the, it would be nice with the rain in the background, or maybe like something by the Little River Band. Some Yacht Rock. There's yep. a name for that now. All that, like, 70s light yep. rock stuff, it's called Yacht Rock. So Christopher Cross, Little River Band... Heaven on the Seventh Floor by Paul Nicholas. All that stuff is the Yacht River Rock. Band. We're reminiscing right now. Are they, are they the ones that did... Um, um, don't be thinking that I don't want you. Lady, I do. Yeah. Lady, um, Lonesome Lady. Loser. Take a look at you now. That's a great song. There are some songs from that era and that, that world... I still kind of like Atlanta Rhythm Section. So into you. I love that song. Mm. An Imaginary Lover by Atlanta Rhythm Section while I'm on that. Yeah. A lot of that is or our memories of me driving around in the backseat of my parents' car in Chicago, AM radio. I mean, that was the stuff as a small kid. The, the radio was always on, and I remember hearing those songs. They're forever emblazoned in my skull. Mm-hmm. Little River Band, uh, Thunder Island by Jay Ferguson. Another classic, another yacht rock classic. Classic. Yeah. Um, what about that one that goes? Uh, I just remember it goes. Ooh, I love you. Don't know. You know? No. But the song is probably called "I Love You." Probably. Since then, mm-hmm, you stepped out of a dream. I know that song. But, I love you. I know exactly what the song. I mean, and then the guitar solo. <laughs> All that stuff like England Dan and John Ford Coley. Um, what what did you just Eng- say? England Dan and John Ford Coley. What did they do? England Dan and John Ford Coley, an American soft rock duo. Let's check out the discography. 
Oh, yeah, I'd really love to see you tonight. Oh, yeah. But there's a warm breeze yep. blowing the stars around. And I'd really love to see you tonight. Oh, I love that song. And it's sad to belong. How does that go? Oh, don't make me sing. You're the singer. Yeah, but... It's sad to belong to someone else. Oh, gosh. See, pe- people who are, are sampling this podcast to hear Josh Caterer perform are not sampling the podcast to hear James Van Osdell perform. <laughs> my, my, my voice is a, is a one-trick pony. Well, I think you sell yourself short, James. I got a feeling there's a great singer. When when did you trapped inside of you waiting to come out? When did you start singing? Cuz that was I mean, you made the leap from bass guitar to guitar. When did you decide, okay, I can do this. I can, I can sing. I I can oh. step up and do it. I I don't know. It was it was probably like right around the time that I started playing, you know, when I when I switched from bass to guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started writing some songs and oh, we should... singing, but I had never, you know, sang in front of people until we, my brothers and I, decided to, you know, play a show. So, yeah, we've been jamming together in the bedroom. Let's actually, like, you know... Put a show, put, put or play this show. Well, this is like the history. I don't want to. This is a whole can of worms, man. I don't want to tell you my life story. I don't want to hear it then. We need a theme song for Carcon Carne. You do? Oh, I'll write you one. Would you really? Yeah. I'll Later. have it for you in 48 hours. <laughs> don't mention barbecue, though, because I'm trying to expand, so it's not just barbecue. It's food. All kinds of food? All kinds of food. Totally. But it has to be, it has to include meat. Oh yeah. All right. Here, here's a list Otherwise, of. Otherwise, the carnets gotta go. Oh no, carnets, carnets are good. veg aids. It just doesn't have the same ring. To no it. one would listen. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear them eat quinoa and talk about <laughs> talk about the experience. That's great. Tofu and tempeh. Um, all right, here we go. Steal away by Robbie Dupree. Why don't we steal away? Steal away, into the night. Yep. Oh, baby, come back by Player. Baby, come back. That's a great one. You can, oh, I don't blame it all on me. I almost choked on my hush puppy. (laughs) You did. And Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald are like the perennial yacht rock band. What a fool believes. This is this is giving me an idea, James. We could record an album. We and I could. Well, we meaning you know one of my musical projects. Oh yeah. You know, like on the next Pope's album, right? While I'm doing my vocal takes, I could eat food (laughs) (laughs) and like you know like take bites of a barbecue sandwich in between the lines that I'm singing I want to hear that band meeting join me on my new odyssey friends brothers bandmates yep taking things in a new direction all right so as you're eating what do you you, you've gone halfway through your pork what do you think uh It's it's okay it's good I like it it, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to tell, really, because, like, I've eaten at this restaurant so many times, you know. I've probably eaten here close to 100 times during the course of my life. And I've always gotten the uh, 
the barbecue pulled pork sandwich. So I've eaten this. This tastes exactly like the the way that it has tasted to me since I was 15 years old. It looks good, and it's pretty good. Um, but I like I, I'm too close to it, James. I can't. <laughs> it's hard for me to objectively tell. I've been sitting on a pile of steak fries. Want some steak fries? Uh, no thanks. Unless you, I don't want to offend you. I'll take one. Yeah, sure. I'll take, take one. one. You I'll take th- a hush puppy. I'll try a hush puppy. Yeah. Thank you. You got the ketchup there if you want to dip mm. it. I'm a purist. <laughs> you don't use ketchup on anything, or just on hush puppies? Just in the car in general. This is so you have the benefit of arm space in front of you. Yeah, you got that wheel there. Uh huh. I've got my little Tyrannosaurus Rex arms trying to maneuver around everything. Okay, here's an idea for when your when your massive uh, ratings start to dip for the for this podcast, and you're and you're looking for a way to uh, you know generate some excitement. Uh huh. New listenership. We're at you, that point, by the way. You can, <laughs> you can add. That moment is now. You can add the element that. <laughs> You're going to eat the meals while driving. So add, add the co- layer of complexity. A layer of complexity that you're not only eating food and talking, um, but you're trying not to be killed by traffic. Like, you know, and you need, it needs to be like, uh, you know, you need, need to be out on the interstate. <laughs> Going 65. Going 65 Absolutely. or 70. That's the way real men do it. I don't know why I'm wasting my time. And that'll uh, that'll bring you a surge, um, for sure. And then the next phase would be also texting at the same time. <laughs> so how many gigs a year are you do, you guys doing as the Popes? Oh, I think the Popes have done like nine or ten gigs this year so far. Is that the right amount? <laughs> According to... According to Josh Cater, a According singer. to me, yes. Mm-hmm. That's the right amount for us to be playing. I'm not saying that's the right amount for every band to be playing. Right. But we were touring pretty hard there for a while, and we did a lot of a lot of shows. Um, particularly in, in 2012, we had that reissue of Born to Quit that came out that year, and we did a national tour for that. And then... Um, the end of that tour we just kind of had a band meeting where we were like you know guys are you, I'm tired are you tired <laughs> well it's got to be hard as let's, you let's take a break as you move through adulthood to live that life yeah and you're you know you got a, a family and a life and you want to commit to other things and you you know you can't do that when you're in a band you always have to have the freedom to, to have mobility. Right. Um, and so, you know, I was just glad this time around, though, that it was it was mutual. I mean, the, the first time uh, that the band broke up, and we haven't broken up now. We just stopped touring. We right. still play, obviously. But, um, but when we broke up in 99, it was just my thing. Right. Um, yeah, it's nice to have everyone else on board for this one. <laughs> yeah, because that no, <laughs> nobody else was really particularly happy that I had done that at the time. So when we got back together uh, this time, 
you know, I sort of had to assure had to assure everybody that I was really gonna stick with it this time. <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna like quit. So, um, but so it, but it, you know, when we got to the end of that touring that we did in 2012, it was it was pretty obvious to all of us. It was this evident mutual feeling that um, that we wanted to take a break uh, from touring because we all had sort of other things that we were interested in putting a little more time into. And uh, and for all intents and purposes, Smoking Popes had taken the hill. Like, you, you made your statement. And yeah. You, you could pull back. Right. And it, it, it's not like... Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's not like we were gonna. Um, there's, you know, this trap that that you can kind of fall into as a as an artist, but particularly as a musician, that that you're always like uh, that you're always on the brink of some kind of uh, you know next level of success or whatever that that is like on the horizon. And you, you just that you just need to keep going. Like is it we, like one of those cartoons where you're walking down a hallway and the doorway keeps getting farther away as you're going? That's exactly what it's like. And you're like, but we're so close. We're so close now. We just gotta like just keep plugging away at it right now because we have such and such you know thing that just happened or is about to happen that's going to generate all this this uh, you know buzz or this this door that's going to open and then so we need to just keep keep hitting it right now and then. And that's going to put us over the the top, you know. Um, and I've known guys that are just like sort of chasing that, you know, r just running down that hallway, feeling like their hand is almost on the knob of that door for like years and years. Um, but I, you know, I feel like we we got to a point where we were like, you know what, there was a door and it actually opened and we walked through it and we enjoyed being in that room, but. Um, if you have to, you know, if you have to run to, like, stay in that room, like, I guess we, we felt like we don't need to run to stay in the room. We're, we're, you know, we have a plaque on the wall in the room. It's our room. Now we can go. <laughs> There's so much metaphor going on. Yeah, we can go We can go back down the hall. We can lay down and take a nap. And if we want to come back to the room, we can come back, you know. Sure. No, but I'm with, with you. I, you don't have to stay I'm, on I'm a picturing treadmill. a house right now, and I'm trying to... Okay. <laughs> you don't want to feel like you're on a treadmill. Well, thinking about after you guys got back together, and, you know, you, you convinced everyone in the band, yeah, no, no, I'm for real. This is... We're good. All systems go. Mm hmm At what point did you all reach the conclusion, it's time to record an album again? Let, let's do that again. Because performing live is one thing, but right. writing songs together, putting them down, down in a studio is a totally different animal. Um. Sorry, I'm chewing. It's part of the show. <laughs> we decided that pretty quickly. Um, I really want to swallow, and then I'm gonna answer this. That's okay. Uh, I'll fill time. We're here in Carcon Carne. We're at the Texan in Algonquin. Uh, it's pouring rain outside. Uh, Josh is washing down his pulled pork with a delicious Green River. Yeah. It's uh, it's good and good for you. You can tell, tell by the... Well, it's like a vegetable. It's green. The translucent, almost uh, neon green color. 
That's my, just going to cleanse my, your system out. My son tried to convince me the other day that chocolate mint ice cream was good for him because it was green and mint is an herb. And there, there have to be some vitamins somewhere in there. Mint is an herb. I like that. I've never heard that argument before. Okay. So we decided pretty quickly that that we wanted to get um, another record, record another album, new album. But it took us a couple of years um, to uh, to make that happen. You know, just like we were, um, we had to get, you know, management back in place and then, you know, look around for a label and, um, you know, it was this big, long process. And, and by the time that, um, by the time that those ducks got in a row, it had been, we had been back together for probably two years. And uh, I think some of the, you know, in retrospect, it might have been a better idea to to work on the album, develop the material, and, like, record it, like, before the big reunion so that then we could, you know, do the reunion show and then, like, you know, a few months later, like, boom, the new album drops and it's all, like, this big... But you know we've never we've never been good at timing. <laughs> we've screwed up every timing that we've ever had. You know, even even like when even in '95 uh, when things were really clicking with and we got signed to Capitol. You know, we had released "Born to Quit" on Johann's Face Records, and it came out um, and then Capital started to you know we, we were we had like a you know the 90s were a crazy time I know you they know were, all about this we were bidding war the whole bit but we but, but we land on Capital Records and we're like negotiating with them and meanwhile Q101 starts playing Need You Around like in like heavy rotation which at the time for perspective heavy rotation was like once every two and a half hours yeah it was like several times a day the yeah. song was getting played but we hadn't quite you know worked all the bugs out of our deal with Capitol yet and Johan's Face local punk rock record label it's not like they're pressing thousands of units of anything they're doing right so timing wise it would have been better to sign with Capitol get all their marketing team in place and actually get ready for it and then have you know major radio like start putting the song into rotation but the song was like already active it was already had this buzz around it and so then capital was then trying to play catch up with that and let's get let's get the sign let's get these things out but by the time they got the record out um the song had already like peaked and it was on the decline. Yeah, and so people were looking, radio was looking for the next song. Was it Rubella at that point? Rubella ended up being the next one, which um, probably was a mistake for the second single because it was it was too similar to the first sim- single, you know? We should have gone with, like, Gotta Know Right Now. Mm-hmm. Or... But we didn't. <laughs> Timing. <laughs> we didn't, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. We've never known what we were doing. I think so many people were making it up as they went along in that time period. Some people got lucky as they did it. Mm-hmm. And people just got to varying degrees of luck. I mean, well, you had good fortune. 
with some cross wires along the way. I think so. I'm not, you know, I don't regret anything. Well, it's interesting because regardless of how things rolled out or things happened, I mean, you developed a, a fan base that loves you. I mean, I remember that Lollapalooza show and how people just lost their minds. Like, thank goodness these guys are back. Well, and it, sometimes it takes a couple of years for culture to catch up. Mm-hmm. And they did, big time. It's also, it was helpful that we, like, hadn't played for seven years. You know, there was people were like, there were people that had gotten into the band while we were broken up. Mm-hmm who never thought they would get to see us play. And, uh, you know, that first tour that we did when we when we got back together, that was... Wow, that was like one of the most fun musical eras uh, of my life, really. It's because we, we, you know, we went on this tour with Bayside because we, you know, the the reunion show DVD thingy came out on Victory Records and Bayside was on Victory at the time and so they they lumped us together and Bayside of course now are enormous and like we would open for them but at that moment in time they were opening for us and so we did this this tour of the whole country and we were playing you know not huge places like maybe three to five hundred capacity clubs but everywhere we went in the whole country, the shows were like sold out, and people were just going nuts. And uh, that was a that was a really fun it was a really fun time, and it was very it, it, at that at that time for us, it kind of um, was important f- um, for us to it, it was very c- kind of encouraging uh, to see that our music had had something about it that seemed to have been touching people without our even trying over the seven years that we had been broken up that there was there was a quality to it that seemed to people seemed to connect with and so it was very meaningful to us to see people finally having the chance to interact with us about it um, at the shows and I think at that time too and I mean this with love the stakes were lower than they were in the 90s when you signed to Capitol I mean I'm assuming all the, a lot of the pressure that existed in the '90s, self-imposed, real, whatever, yeah. was gone. Exactly. In the '90s, it was like we were a band that most people outside of Chicago didn't yet know anything about, or care about, or have that much energy about. But we were, we had some machinery behind us that was like trying to thrust us. Into a position that was bigger than what we were, um, but then, you know, in 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 the touring that we did in 2006, it was like the opposite. It was like the 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 music had been out there, just sort of, uh, you know, developing its own relationship with the fans, and uh, and then we we came back and sort of played venues that were smaller than the amount of energy that the people in the show had about the music. So it was like, it felt like, you know, 
10 pounds of musical ecstasy in a five pound bag every time we played a show. Yeah, it probably felt like you were tearing the roof off every night. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's why I always like to play the small places. Oh, I totally get that. All right, so the Texan, scale of one to 10. Um, You're no judge. Why am I even asking? You're too close. I'm too close. Uh, it's very comfortable. It reminds me in some ways of Russell's over in Melrose Parkish. Um, very comfortable, very familiar, old feeling place. They're not changing the world here, but it, it's. I could see if I were in the neighborhood, I'd, if I lived in the area, I'd probably come here a lot. Yeah, all I can say is there's a reason why. I mean, this restaurant has been here, you know, for. 20, 25 years. Um, and they still do good business because this is like a good, solid barbecue restaurant. And you get a lot of food for your money. You get a lot of food. It's it's neither like cheap nor overly expensive. It's just sort of... It's know, exactly what you'd expect. It's exactly what you'd expect. You, you were paying like what? This was like... 10, Our meal was 35 bucks. Yeah. All in. That's because I insisted on the... Uh, Upgrade for the hush puppies. I understand. <laughs> I felt it was going to be essential to our experience. Really, the, the podcast would have been just awful yeah. had, you, had you gone with steak fries or even curly fries. Yeah. Well, Josh Caterer, I'll let you keep eating. This has been a delight. Are we done? How long have we been talking? I don't know. Uh, I think my kids are ready to graduate high school. <laughs> <laughs> this happened the last time I was on. We just got to talking about current events or whatever. Next thing you know... Three and a half hours have gone by. I think you edited most of that out, though, right? We edited some of it. As you will do on this one, I'm sure. Well, no, here's the thing. I, I My partner, Mike, did all the editing before. I, I'm a very low-touch production guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be mostly, uh, mostly intact. Okay. I believe in keeping everything as true to the way it was in the car. With a couple of edits to uh, get rid of our... Nom, 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 nom. Good. Oh, but Josh, should we talk about current events at all? Or you just want no. to ignore, no. make the world go away. No. That's what barbecue is all about, man. That's what car con carne <laughs> is all about. We're in this car. There is no world out there. It's you and me. It's and barbecue and meat and beans and hush puppies. That's right. If you want current events, you know what? Just pop open Facebook. All right. Do some scrolling. You're good. That'll catch you up quick. There could be terrorists taking over Woodfield Mall right now. And we wouldn't know or care. Because we're in our insular little Mazda mm-hmm. 3 meat world. Yeah. This is the future of car-based meat podcasts. Okay. <laughs> After we're done here, uh-huh. what we're going to do, we're just going to lean these seats back. We're going to take a nap right here. And fog the windows up more and mm-hmm. yeah, make people really question what's happening. <laughs> this is a whole cycle. There's the musical performance. There's the meal. There's the nap. It's all covered in the the back parking lot of the Texan in Algonquin. All right. So, again, if you are listening to this in Chicago at the beginning of December, you can see Smoking Popes on December 18th at Cubby Bear along with AM Taxi and Show Off. It is a CD release show. Uh, You can get this great snapshot of the Popes back in 1998, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, As far as Jackson Mud goes, what's uh, what's the plan for Jackson Mud? Well, we just recorded a song for a Motown tribute album that is coming out in January. We did a cover of the Temptations song, I Wish It Would Rain. Which, which is pleasing. Yeah. 
I should have played that since it was rain. That would have been a good rain song for us to play tonight. It would have been like you made it happen. Exactly. Um, so that's, you know, uh, beyond that release, I think we're going to start working on a, uh, a new recording project next year at some point. Uh, you know, we've got enough for an EP at this point, but um, new songs are percolating all the time. It could turn into a full length. You never know. I like that idea. I think we should do a full length next. I think you should. I think you should let those ideas percolate through the winter because nothing brings the blues like a Chicago winter. That's true. I should, you know, like late February, I should just set aside a week just to write blues songs, and I should probably, you know, get some uh, some cheap whiskey uh, that I drink out of brown paper bags. Yes. And, uh, you know, just go into the city and lay under the L tracks and have nothing with me but the whiskey in the bag. And then... It sounds a little too method. You don't need to go to Nero. You can just sit in your (laughs) suburban abode and have a little snifter. (laughs) Go do it. You know know what this reminds me of is... uh, Hear the story of of when uh, when they were filming the movie Marathon Man, mm-hmm. a classic, a classic, and there was this scene where uh, I heard about this from uh, an interview with Dustin Hoffman, where he was filming this scene where he was supposed to be out of breath in the scene, and so he was before right before they shot it, he was like jumping up and down and running in place to try to get himself out of breath. And Laurence Olivier apparently asked him, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm trying to get myself out of breath for the scene. And uh, he says that Laurence Olivier said to him, young man, why didn't you try acting? <laughs> I knew that was coming, and it's still funny. <laughs> You've heard this story before? No, I, but I, the setup was... Yeah. yeah. All right, Josh Caterer, one of my favorite people in the world. Thanks for uh, sitting in the car. Thanks for playing. Thanks oh. for directing me to the Texan. Loved it. And uh, after we're recording, you can finish your meal. I feel like I've been holding you back, even though you said you're pacing yourself. No, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting full. Is that how how disappointed are you going to be if I don't actually finish the whole sandwich? I, I won't be. Well, they basically gave me two sandwiches. They did. That I was, ate one half of it. That, that was a lot of pig sitting on your plate. Yeah. All right, Josh. Thank you. <sighs> Carcone Carne is on Twitter at Carcone Carne. Uh, you can also support Carcone Carne, carconecarne.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me, James. Bye, everybody.